0: The title of the message this morning is Submission to God-Given Authority. Submission to God-Given Authority. Let me start off right off the bat and ask you this. Uh, when you hear the, submission, the word submission, how do you feel about that word? Some people seem to get the heebie-jeebies <laughs> when they hear the word Submission. And I was thinking, shall I say uh, acknowledging God-given uh, God authority, shall I say honoring God-given... O- I thought, no, no, no. The Bible talks the word submission. And so I'm going to talk from the Bible type of language today. Is that okay? Good, good. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us as we look into the subject today. And let's look at a passage in God's Word... That specifically deals with the area of God-given authority. Have a look at Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 7 to 9 and verse 15 to 18. Reading from the New King James Version, if you have it, please follow in your Bible. If you don't, then you have the luxury of looking on the screens. Hebrews 13 verse 7 reads as follows. Remember those who rule over You. another translation says who lead you who have spoken the word of god to you so just to take note this is not talking about government leaders this is talking about leaders within the kingdom leaders within the church of jesus christ because those are the ones who lead you who have spoken the word of god to you it goes on to say whose faith follow Considering the outcome of their conduct, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. You know what? In these end times, it is to be expected that there's going to be a lot more unusual stuff, a lot more weird stuff. And you and I, as believers in Jesus, we have to be solidly founded in God's Word and solidly in submission to authority, biblical submission, so that we can avoid getting off the tracks. And so, when you hear strange and weird doctrines, don't lend your ears out to that. In the last verse, uh, uh, part there says, For it is good that the heart be established by grace, the grace of Jesus and the grace through the cross. Going on to verse 15 in Hebrews 13, it says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. A biblical lifestyle, one of thanksgiving. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Another kingdom thing is that we should not be stingy and selfish. There should be a generosity and we should be willing to share. And then in verse 17, it says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Now, as you look at that phrase on the screen, have you actually noticed that in the Bible? Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Is it something that you've thought about, that you've contemplated, that you've assessed your own life in terms of it? But there it is in the word of God, and the word is submissive, which is submission. I didn't put this in the Bible, but God put it there. It goes on to say that we must submit because they watch out for your souls. As those who must give account what a scary thought let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you pray for us the writer to the Hebrews is saying pray for us as your leaders for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably and I say the Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. Amen. Amen. Now there are a couple of things, uh, aspects that I'd like to say in reference to the passage today. Six things in fact that I'd like to draw your attention to and each one of them is a point. Number 1, be sure that the leaders you follow demonstrate a life of godliness. Please say that out aloud with me. Be sure that the leaders you follow Demonstrate a life of godliness. Can you agree with that as something which is important? Now, when I talk about leaders, I'm talking about all the different types of leaders in a church context. Whether that's a lead pastor, a shepherding pastor, a pastoral team, whether it is a shepherd, a volunteer shepherd, whether it is a life group leader, Maybe even if it is a spiritual mentor that you have or a spiritual father. So there are various levels of leadership, spiritual leadership, but make sure the leaders that you follow are walking in biblical obedience. That is your responsibility, to look at what God's word says about spiritual leaders and say, well, am I in a place where... My leaders are endeavoring to walk in this way, then good, I'm in the right place. Now, obviously, we have to realize there is no such thing as a perfect leader. I am certainly not a perfect leader. I'm trying my best under the grace of God. But leaders are human. And sometimes we make mistakes, and I believe that grace needs to be uh, extended when we make mistakes and so on. But let me say this, on the whole, a leader should live a godly life. It has to be the case. God calls leaders to live a life which is above reproach. Titus 1 verse 7 to 9, it's on your screen, it says, For a bishop, what is a bishop? It's an overseer. Must be blameless, as a steward of God, not self-willed, Not quick-tempered. Not given to wine. Not violent. Not greedy for money. Sometimes these days there's a tendency for some strange prosperity gospel. and, And there's a greediness of leaders for money that's not biblical. And it says that leaders must be hospitable. A lover of what is good. Sober-minded, just, holy, self-control, holding fast, the faithful word. And that's what the Bible speaks about in terms of the type of leaders. Now, you might, over the course of your entire life, be in uh, in submission to different leaders in different churches as your life continues. Because the chances of you being in one single church your whole life, uh, it's not impossible, but it's quite not really the norm. You might be in a church for six or eight years, and then you get transferred somewhere else, and then you're in another church for eight or ten years, and then one for three, and then maybe one for 15. And so whatever the case is, in any case, look for a spiritual leader whose heart is after God and who demonstrates godliness. How many of you believe that is important? So it's important that we make sure that we don't follow spiritual leaders that are into nonsense nonsense is the Greek word for nonsense (laughs) or follow leaders that are into strange things now what I find amazing is sometimes there'll be a particular church and the leader starts to get into some unusual doctrines some strange things and the people just stay there that's crazy When things begin to go outside of the parameters of the Word of God, that's your time to resign and move on to somewhere else where the Word of God is held in the highest esteem. I like Uncle Angus. He always holds the Word of God in the highest esteem. Amen! Amen. (laughs) I love that. And we should hold the Word of God in highest esteem. So don't follow those who get caught up in weird things. May I give you an example? Because I believe that when we give examples, it becomes real, it becomes practical. I think of a person who is a so-called pastor in this city. And I began to, a few years ago, hear strange things about this person. I've actually mentioned this example once before. And so one of the things is that he expects the people in his church to refer to him by a certain name And the name is Papa. So everybody is expected to call him Papa. Now, by the way, hot tip, if if I ever ask you to start calling me Papa, slap me up the side of the head. Don't you find that just a little bit unusual? Another thing that he has communicated is he said that he is the set man for the city. He is the spiritual father that God has put in place for the city. I believe there's many spiritual fathers that God has raised up over the city. But strange things come along. Another story I heard regarding this gentleman is that he had a a passion to go to the States and do a motorcycle tour in the States. But he didn't have the money to do it. And so some of his so-called spiritual sons began to feel a little bit of pressure. Oh, they better make Papa's desire come into fruition. And so they began to dip into their bonds, and they didn't have the money just so that they could pay for him to go have a holiday in the States. I want to tell you, when things happen like that, it's not okay. It's not right. And the Bible has verses that speak against that kind of thing. And one of them is 1 Peter 5, verse 2 to 3. It says there, Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving, take note, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly. Now look at this, not for dishonest gain. Leaders should never try to lead for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords. Sometimes they like to lord it over others. And you need to know that the pastor is the big shot on the pedestal. No, that's not the case. The pastor is the greatest servant of all, supposed to be. And we should be not lording it over a people entrusted to us. But it ends there, by being example to the flock. But being examples to the flock. And so, church, do you see the kind of scriptures that the word of God speaks to us concerning the leaders we should follow? Do you see that? Number two, imitate the example of faith set by your leaders. Leaders should be living a life where they can confidently say, follow my example. It shouldn't be a case of, listen, do the things that I preach, but don't do what I do. (laughs) That's crazy. And take note, if you cannot imitate the person that you are following, then you are following the wrong person. That's just the fact. Hebrews 13, verse 7, it's on your screen. Remember those who rule over you have spoken the word of God to you. Now look at this. Whose faith follows? Say those three words with me. Whose faith follow? Spiritual leaders should be demonstrating the life that is honorable before God, so that the people of God that are not in fivefold ministry look and they say, I want to be like so-and-so. Because look how they love God. Look how they put God first. And so let's follow the example of spiritual leaders that God has placed in our lives. Listen to this statement. The power of example is more powerful than you think. Think about that. Let me say it again. The power of example is more powerful than you think. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. This is how it's meant to be. A spiritual leader should be following Jesus, setting a good example. So that those that are looking up to them would want to follow that example. And I want to say to you, to our life group leaders here, to our shepherds today, that you need to be setting an example that you can confidently say to other people, do what I do. Follow my example as I am following Christ. So the issue is that... We need to follow the example of your leader, but you also need to be an example to somebody else. Don't just say it's just up to my leader. No, 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 it's up to you as well to be that example. And ultimately, we must remember we have to keep our eyes on Jesus ultimately. But leaders should be setting the right example. Number three, choose submission. Please say those two words with me. Choose submission. Don't let the abuses of the past stop you from submitting. Now, I believe that one of the greatest hindrances to biblical submission could be when people have had bad experiences before. Or it could be when there have been abuses in the past. And it's so sad when spiritual leaders who are meant to help and lift and build people are involved in any form of pressure tactics and manipulation. and It's really sad because that's not how the Lord wants it to be. God wants us to be making sure that there are not hindrances placed in people's way. Now, I'm going to share a little example with you. A couple came to our church a few years ago and they had been in an environment, a church environment, which I would venture to say was a little bit manipulative. And so somehow they ended up here and by the grace of the Lord, they began to experience restoration and they began to experience the grace of the Lord. And I remember the guy coming to speak to me and he said, John, you won't believe it. It is just something has changed in our lives. He said, it's like our soul's are beginning to breathe again because there's life, there's encouragement, there's the grace of God. And I was so encouraged to hear that. Let me also say this, that super submission, I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, super submission. Super submission is not biblical. Super submission is when leaders of a church say that you have to submit every decision to them, any life decision. I mean, you can't even blow your nose without getting permission from the priest or something like that. That, That's not how it's meant to be. I remember a man came to sit with me, and his daughter was involved in a particular church. And and he had offered to sell uh, his wife's car to the daughter. The daughter was still quite young because he knew this car had been looked after. They had had it since new. It would have been a great car for his daughter. He was giving it to his daughter at a great price. But then the daughter said, Dad, I'm sorry, I can't allow that because in my church, I first have to go get permission from my eldership team. So she went and asked the eldership team and they said, no, we feel a check in our spirit. You cannot buy that car. Now, in some cases, it is good to submit a big decision, especially if you have a track record of making bad financial decisions. It might be the very good thing to do. But in this case, it didn't seem necessary. And this father came to me and he said, I know this would have served my daughter for years, a great car. And he was in distress because he felt like there was was a super submission, which was just not the right thing. But let me tell you, Christ-like leadership seeks to release people, not to control their every move. And I believe that God is looking for leaders that will help people step into their destiny, be pushed forward into the things of God, release the potential that is in their lives. Now, even though you might be sitting here today and perhaps you may have had a a bad experience with regards to submission, but I just want to say this loud and clear. Even though you may have had a tough experience, submission remains God's intended plan for the flow of kingdom authority. And there's no ways that you can argue any other way. God has set up the universe to operate with all sorts of laws. He has also set up the kingdom of God to operate with all sorts of laws. And when we operate in godly submission, we are doing it God's way and we see God's benefits. And so it is God's intended way for kingdom authority to flow. Can you say amen? Now, a scripture that confirms this is uh, 1 Peter 5, verse 5 to 6. It says, likewise, you younger. It's not just limited to younger, but there's a special emphasis here. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Now, there's something that stands out for me here. There's the phrase of submit yourselves to your elders. But then there's the phrase under the mighty hand of God. Because when we are in submission... I would submit to you that we are actually under the mighty hand of God and under God-ordained spiritual covering, which is good for you and me. It's necessary for every one of us. I want to ask you a a question just really straight today. May I ask you, are you submitted from your heart to the leadership of your local church? I believe that it is so important because it matters, because it's biblical, because it is God's plan. And I just want to say, I'm not speaking about submission today because there is any problem in the life of this church. I'm speaking about it because as a pastor, I need to make sure that I cover all the different things in the word of God. And this is one of them. Number four. We all need to be in submission to God-given authority. Say that aloud with me. We all need to be in submission to God-given authority. Do you know that Jesus, he even demonstrated submission to God-given authority. Jesus went and submitted himself to John the Baptist to be baptized. He understood that at that point in time, there was authority in John the Baptist's ministry. And Jesus knew that this was the right thing to go and submit himself to baptism by John. And he traveled to do so from Galilee all the way to the River Jordan. And do you know that that is 105 kilometers approximately? So how long in those days with those sandals, remember... They went those Solomon shoes and so on with those sandals. How long would it take to get 105 Ks from Galilee to the River Jordan? I would guess at least three days of traveling. Now, maybe Jesus could have said, well, I'm the son of God. I'm not going to John. John can come to me and his disciples can carry the water. (laughs) No, no, no. He didn't do that. He said, I need to be obedient. I do what I see the father do. And so here he goes travels for days, and submits himself to the God-ordained authority. And so I want to say to you that when John, when Jesus was submitting to John's authority, he was actually submitting to the Father's authority. Did Jesus understand about submission? You betcha. Jesus understood about submission. Another aspect uh, around submission is that uh, biblical submission, this is still under point number four, it actually brings safety and it brings order. I remember hearing Dr. Miles Monroe preach from this very pulpit and he said the following statement, some people wonder why they have ongoing turmoil in their lives when they have never truly submitted to spiritual authority. I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. I remember a gentleman coming to meet with me. I guess he was about 48, 50 years of age, and he came and sat in my office. He had been involved many years prior in in the church environment, in uh, youth leadership and leading small groups and so on. And then he had gone into a wilderness time, and now he was sort of coming back to engage in the body. But he said the following. He said, you know what, John? As I looked back over my life and traced my life, all of the turmoil that came into my life began to come when I disconnected from spiritual authority. And he says it's been like an aha moment to discover this. And I've realized that I have to be connected in to the local church and to the authority that God has put in place there Let me highlight from Hebrews 13, verse 17, uh, that key phrase from a few different translations. It's on your screen. God's word, translation. Obey your leaders and accept their authority. The message. Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. The new King James, that's what we've been referring to today. The new living translation. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say the NIV, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. And so here's the thing, God in his wisdom has placed authority within the local church leadership. And we need to say in our hearts, we recognize that. And in line with God's plan, yes, we are in submission. By the way, What would be the opposite of submission to spiritual authority? Can you think for a moment? Rebellion? Yeah, probably rebellion would be the severest form of the opposite of submission. Uh, Another one I'd like to use is the word resistance. Because some people won't outrightly just rebel, but they're just going to start to resist a bit. They're just going to start to work against and if everybody is paddling uh, down the whitewater rafting, they're just going to paddle backwards. And you're going to paddle backwards a little bit. while nobody's looking, and then you look around, oh, the other're paddling forwards, and then they paddle backwards when you're not looking. You know what I mean? Just resist a little bit. But that's not the way God wants it to be. And let me say this: It is actually wonderful to be in submission. It's safe. It brings godly order. Mundry and I, we are in submission. We're in submission to our accountability base. Three father figures that we love and we look up to who can speak into our lives. And we are also in submission to the church board because all of us need to be in submission to God-given authority. Amen. Amen. Number five, leaders have an enormous responsibility One day they will give account concerning you. It says in verse 17, the last part, it says, of those that rule over you, be submissive for they watch over your souls. Now look at this. As those who must give account. Now for any leader, whether you're a shepherd, life group leader, pastor, whatever, this should put the fear of God into every spiritual leader. Because that's quite a thought, that leaders will have to stand one day before God, giving account for the way in which they have shepherded the flock. Oh God, may we be found faithful as leaders of your flock. May we be found faithful as we watch over the souls. Number six, the last point. Are you still with me, church? If you are, say amen. Amen. Make it a joy For your leaders to lead you. Touch the person next to you and say he's talking to you. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Make it a joy for your leaders to lead you and pray for them. Can I ask you, when last did you uh, pray for your life group leader? When last did you pray for your shepherding pastor? I do want to say this. I believe that primarily the responsibility is on church leadership to pray for the people of God. But second to that, it is also the responsibility of the people of God to pray for those that are in the fivefold ministry. And so the scripture says here, Hebrews 13, verse 18, it says, pray for us. Would you please say that with me? Pray for us. This is the writer of the Hebrews talking to the people in the church. Pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. Essentially, this is saying, your leaders need your praise. And let me tell you, it is such a blessing For a pastor to know that his people are praying for him. The very first Sunday that Choose Life started in 2005, 4th of September 2005. I had a bit of an opening speech worked out besides for the message that I shared. And and one of the first things I said is that Mandri and I would like to ask, would you please pray for us? And I echo that today on behalf of the whole leadership team of the church Would you please pray for us? Because I want to tell you, there are greater things to come. And we need to move together fully and powerfully to see the vision realized. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, Hebrews 13 verse 17, we've looked at it over and over again. But look at this last part. It says, let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. Now, When it says, let them do so, this could be referring to giving account for you one day. But it seems more so that let them do so, meaning let the leaders do so, it means let them lead you with joy. In other words, make it a joy for your leaders to lead you. I would say that that's a a fair exegesis of that passage. Now, let me say just with a little twinkle in my eye that some people can be a little bit difficult to lead in the body of Christ. I'll just give a nice big smile. (laughs) Let me tell you, praise the Lord, 99.9% of this congregation is a sheer blessing to lead But you do occasionally get one or two people that think that they are God's gift to swim upstream. (laughs) And you do experience people that love to cause issues. Sometimes people like that, they are overly demanding. They want the pastor's attention all the time. Or they complain a lot. And then they complain the sound is too loud and the, the lighting is too bright or the guys of the head, their hairdos on stage are, are not neat enough and, and, and all sorts of things like that. And you can also, you know, and it can become quite something, but let me tell you, then The absolute vast majority of people are so encouraging and they support, they encourage, they speak word of life, they are volunteering wholeheartedly, they move the vision forward and they draw others to Christ and I believe that that's the people I'm talking to today and well done to you as you are moving the vision forward. (laughs) Praise God. Listen to this statement, cooperative followers. Greatly ease the burden of leadership. Isn't that interesting? And so do you know that when you make it a joy for your leaders to lead you, you are, listen to this, increasing the momentum in the local church. And one of the reasons why I wanted to speak about this today is because when we all are fulfilling our part in the body of Christ, momentum builds, the church takes ground, things happen, the kingdom advances. And so it is such a blessing for a pastor to experience support and goodwill and encouragement from his people. You know what? And I am grateful to say to you today that We as a leadership are grateful to the Lord for the wonderful and even overwhelming support that we experience from you as the body of Christ. We are thankful to God and we are thankful to you. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Would you please stand as we close in prayer? I'm going to close in prayer and... At the end of the prayer, I'm going to read just two or three verses from the latter part of Hebrews 13. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Your word rings like a bell, is clear. Father, we do take a moment to say that where there have been some attitudes that haven't really lined up with biblical submission in our hearts, we're sorry for that, Lord. We see your plan of kingdom authority. And we today, we say, we choose submission. And we choose to honor God-given authority in all its different levels because you have put them there for a blessing. And so, Father, I thank you that there may be a handful of people here today that through this message are going to realign themselves And they're going to begin to see the order that comes, the kingdom order that comes. And so, Lord, I bless your people. And I read from Hebrews 13, verse 20. And I say now, may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory, the power, the honor, and the dominion forever and evermore. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a last hand of praise. Hallelujah. God bless you. You are free to go. Enjoy a fantastic Sunday.